G'day everybody and welcome to Rare and Resilient 1 in 5,000 podcast episode 10 and today we are joined by Chloe who is the mother of 14 month old Raven and Chloe is from Townsville Australia. She is going to share her story called Raven Story, Our Little Warrior's Big Battle. It's story number 12 in the book, page 15. So hello Chloe, how are you? I'm, I'm going good, Greg. Thank you. Thanks for our introduction. <laughs> That's wonderful. And just for the people who are listening, Raven's just walking around in the background, so she's going to be listening in on her story as well. And yes, you never know, we might hear from Raven at some stage, and that's t- totally fine. Yes. Any little squeals is not an animal, it's actually Raven. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So if you want to start reading your story, that'd be great. Becoming a new parent it's in itself is challenging. However, I never imagined being faced with this many difficulties so soon after becoming one. I look back now and often wonder how we even got through it. During pregnancy, it was discovered I had single umbilical artery, which is a malformation of the umbilical cord. I was told the only major concern would be that bub might be growth restricted. Therefore, we were carefully monitored for that. Otherwise, all the antenatal scans were normal. Raven Bell was born not growth restricted, but simply SGA, small for gestational age. The midwives placed her on my chest for that brief 10 seconds. My heart was completely full. Before I could comprehend what was happening, they immediately took Raven from me. She was apneic for the first three minutes of her life and required resuscitation. Little did we know that this was the beginning of our overwhelming and traumatic journey. For the first two days of Raven's life, we actually got to experience that newborn bliss. She seemed perfect in every way. She was examined and passed a pediatric discharge check, so we were able to go home. However, it was only a matter of hours before we had to return. We had decided to give Raven her first bath. When my husband was wiping her, he suddenly became very anxious and told me he couldn't see a little bum hole. Initially, I dismissed it, thinking he must have missed it somehow. After I examined her very closely, confusion, fear and anxiety coursed through my body. My midwife was also dismissive of the idea that Raven didn't have one. However, she returned to our house to double check to essentially reassure us. I still recall the colour vanished from her face when she opened Raven's nappy and inspected her. After a series of events and a flood of different emotions, a whirlwind of information thrown at us and Raven was scheduled for emergency surgery to create her colostomy. We spent a week in NICU where we were told Raven was born with an imperforate anus and also with a rectovaginal fistula through which she was passing stool. As you can imagine, we had so many questions, the first being how on earth was this missed? Unfortunately, this wasn't the first time the hospital let us down, and it was one of the many questions that seemed to go unanswered. Being a first-time mum who had never even changed a nappy before, I felt extremely overwhelmed as I was now faced with having to look after a baby with a stoma. The NICU nurses informed us that the stoma therapist was on leave, so they gave us one demonstration and sent us on our way. For the first five weeks of Raven's life, we had to do it on our own. The trial and error, the tears, the failures, and learning how to order the stoma bags all without any support whatsoever. Despite being located in regional Australia, we still had access to a large hospital. It was disappointing that they were unable to provide a skilled health professional 
or even access to another located elsewhere. Not only did this affect the day-to-day management of Ravenstoma at first, but such a simple thing like can my child go swimming was so daunting for us. We were made to feel like we had to hide Raven's condition as we were so unsure of people's reaction and fearful of their judgment. However, we wanted Raven to experience activities that all babies should have the opportunity to do. After contacting our local swim school, Raven was welcomed with open arms. To our surprise, her swim swim teacher had suffered her own silent battle with a bowel disease and was willing to share her story with us. This has created a very special bond between her and Raven, which assures us it's okay to share her journey. At two months old, Raven underwent her anterior sagittal rectoplasty and recovered tremendously well. However, it was the post-operative management she had to endure and that I had to subject her to, which will haunt me for a very long time. I simply cannot explain the gut-wrenching emotion I felt hearing my daughter's painful screams during her dilatation. I'm sorry. Okay, take your time. I know it needed to be done for her, but I really struggled with the fact that I was the one causing this trauma. Once again, I felt so alone. My husband and I had nobody to turn to for help, advice, guidance, or even support. We had no choice but to be strong for our own little girl. At seven months old, Raven has just undergone her stroma reversal. That was two weeks ago at the time of writing this. While we are managing the nappy rash at this stage, which appears to be one of the most common associated problems, there is a small part of me that remains anxious. Yes, a parent will always worry about their child, but what about the parents of children whose future is so unknown, whose quality of life is dependent on so many different factors and who have already faced so much adversity? How much more can they handle? These are worries unique to parents with children who have a rare condition such as IA. What feeds anxiety is the unknown. Unfortunately, there is simply not enough education, knowledge and knowledge surrounding this. Compounding the issue is the lack of support we as parents receive during a very demanding and trying time in our life. Raven is incredibly resilient and this is what drives me and gives me the strength to be the mummy she needs. All anxieties aside, I know she will treat, achieve great things in her life. With brave wings, she flies. Well done. <laughs> got there in the end. <laughs> you got through it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know it was really emotional for you reading it back. That's the first time I've actually sat down and probably read the story in, in the book. <laughs> I haven't read it yet. <laughs> That's okay. And that was seven months ago. And yes. How, how are we trending now seven months later with Raven and um, how's she going? Raven is just thriving. She's doing... I can hear. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk. Thank you. Um, I think since her, her stroma reversal, she's just been thriving leaps and bounds. Even her GP has mentioned that she's been hitting milestones so well and developmentally she's just doing extremely well. So we're very happy with um, how things are progressing. That's great. Does she have issues with the rashes anymore or occasionally? Or No. Um, she. It took us a while to get on top of it, to be honest, and um, underwear to my knowledge it actually turned fungal I just had a mother's gut instinct I I mentioned this to my GP saying could it be fungal it's just not budging I can't seem to get on top of it 
and she dismissed the idea but I went and got some over-the-counter antifungal cream and it cleared it almost immediately and we haven't had any since then so touch wood we don't we don't get any again which is really good oh that's great and how's she going with her bowels I don't think we could ask for any better since her stoma reversal. She hasn't been constipated. She's eating a lot more frequently now and a lot more solid foods and we haven't faced any, any issues as of yet. So I think everything Raven's been through, like at, at the, at this point in time, she has been the most healthiest, if that makes sense. Like um, for a couple of months now, we haven't had any dramas. We haven't had any hospital visits. It's, it just feels like, I'm, I can enjoy being a mummy, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You only have to look back at seven months ago when you were writing the story. You felt that the future held back then is probably different to the way you feel now. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you're definitely right. And that's so wonderful to for new parents to hear that, especially with such a young little girl, like 14 months old, because, you know. Yeah, and, and look, we still, are, you know, we're still unsure with how her future will be with issues of control or, um, you know, we may face issues with constipation down the track. But at this point in time, I think we just want to try and enjoy how she's going, like how she is, if that makes sense. Yeah, mm. totally does. Yeah. Now, we need to talk about an absolutely incredible initiative, you and your husband, Dan. <laughs> undertook about three yeah. or four months ago now and i'll just let all the listeners here know about this chloe approached me oh probably about six months ago after we developed a bit of a friendship and contact between as she contacted me through the run 5000 foundation the support group and i think it helped you when you found the foundation i think would that be about right oh definitely yeah yeah yeah, you and you linked me with all the support groups which I hadn't had access to yet. So it was a very big um, eye open on. Yeah, that's right. And and Chloe and Ben wanted to do something to raise the awareness and the education and understanding of IA in our community. And they came up with a concept called Run for Raven, where they both committed to run five thousand minutes in one month. I was blown away when they mentioned it, like especially that with the one in 5,000 connection. And I was thought, how in the hell are you going to do all this? But incredibly, they, for 31 days, was it? Or 32? How many days? Uh, 32. Yeah, ended up being 32. Yeah. Yep. And every day, Ben and Chloe would each run sometimes two or three hours, was it? What What was the longest run you did in one day you, between you and Ben? that two and a half hours I think one of the runs was <laughs> yeah and it showed the absolute commitment they showed to do this for Raven and I was talking to them all the way through it and there were some absolutely shattered weren't you yeah, it was um, one of the toughest things I've done, to be honest. Um, and I remember talking to you even early on in the in the month. I was just so, remember I was so exhausted and I just wasn't sure even how I was going to do it every day. But all I could like remind myself of was, was Raven did it harder. These kids with IA and ARM, they're doing it tougher. This is nothing compared to what all these kids go through, have gone through, what other parents go through. And I thought this is the, the easiest thing I could probably do, if that makes sense. Like this is 
yeah that's that's what pushed me to get up every day and do it oh it was a sensational and you created a uh, facebook page called run for raven and we had people all from all over the world supporting you weren't they yes it was um it turned into something bigger than what we had had expected which was amazing so many people just jumped on board yeah and also we got front page article on the local paper yeah yeah we did the the council bulletin did the story on us and we got smack bang on the front page of the yeah the, the bulletin it was really good yeah no it was wonderful and the amount of people that and businesses that got behind you and donated it was just the response was incredible and the run was to finish on a saturday morning and you organized a a barbecue type thing to celebrate your last run and I thought I'm not going to miss this so I flew up to Townsville to be a part of it and everybody was wearing their run for raven shirts and it was just it was incredibly experience and very emotional and then how did you feel when you and Ben just ran that last 100 meters into the crowd when everyone was there cheering your family and friends oh it was a mix of emotions like we were so exhausted from the month and so we were very excited that it was coming to an end. But at the same time, like, you know, kind of upset that it was all over. Like we had been planning this for a while. We had been, you know, running for so long now and we're like, oh, it, it, that's it. Like what do we do after this <laughs> kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. So it was very, very emotional in many different ways and having you there was amazing. It was there's just no words to describe the feeling, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, look, I wouldn't have missed it for anything, even with COVID. I, I was every day we were wondering. Oh, I hope nothing happens, so I can't, um, so I can get up there. Yeah. And the the amount that you raised was just incredible, and we were able to announce that morning that some of the proceeds raised were going towards helping pay for surgery from little Grace in Ghana. Yeah. How did that made you feel. It just warmed our hearts when you came to us and first asked if you could do that. It was like you were seeking our permission. And honestly, this money raised was for you and your foundation. You didn't have to do that. So firstly, we felt so, um, so much respect that you had come to us and asked if that was even okay. And we just thought it was a brilliant idea, a brilliant way to use the money. And we were so supportive of it. When you showed us those photos of Grace post-surgery and how happy she was, and we were able to make that happen, like it just, it was so heartfelt and so heartwarming. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was amazing. It was, yeah. it was really, it was really wonderful. And, you know, we've still got other plans to do things in the future yeah. with the money raised, which is going to be great. Yeah. Um, how do you feel now as far as you've been through the really, really tough times? If you were talking to a parent who was had a little girl in NICU or a little boy in NICU right now, what would you be saying to them? If they were here in Townsville, I would try and connect them the way you did with me like and how you helped me. So I would firstly try and get as much information for them as they could um, if they didn't already have access to it, of course. And I would love to explain our situation and how Raven is now and to help give them a positive outlook if that makes sense and I know every kid with IA and arm is different but it's not all negative if that makes sense like if I'd had known Raven would would be like this at 14 months old I think some days some dark days would have been a lot easier for me I know you can't see the future of course but 
if I knew someone with with IOM back when Raven was born that could give us a bit of a positive outlook I think that would have really changed our journey if yeah and to see how she's thriving now it's just it's so wonderful and like many people your experiences early on it wasn't great was it no it's definitely not ideal it made it a lot more difficult raven was always going to have that diagnosis um she was always going to have surgery it's just how that came about made it a lot more traumatic for us yeah and unfortunately yours is not a uh isolated case that there's many many sad that's sad to hear that um it shouldn't be the way that shouldn't it should be more well known um these checks in the hospital of babies yeah and you're a nurse yourself and so how how did you feel like with your experience in nursing and all that do you think that helped you cope better or was it just totally different being a mum it 100% didn't Mm. I literally had to tell myself I have to take my mummy hat off and put like my nursing hat on to try and do these dilatations for Raven if I was trying to be her mummy and trying to keep her calm I wouldn't have the steady hand to do it and I couldn't I couldn't have done it but maybe being a nurse that's why I was able to switch between the hats if that makes sense yeah, well, it was um, more, like we we familiar with stomas beforehand. Uh, no, I am I work in theatre and I work in cardiothoracic theatre, so we do not deal with any stomas whatsoever. Stomal nursing is very specialised. I believe that's why we only have one at the Townsville Hospital here. So it's a very specialised type of nursing. And nurses at the hospital and NICU nurses, they do learn how to do them. But when it comes to training parents, they normally leave that up to the stoma nurse to come in, train the parents, and then assist them once they get home. Um, Hello. There you are. Hello. Raven's waving at me. (laughs) Oh, you're gorgeous. I know you you and Ben, you you weren't 100% satisfied that you had all the answers after raven was born so you organized to get a second opinion from a specialist how did that go and how do you feel after that yeah you're right ben and i was so still felt so lost even though the surgeries were done raven seemed to be doing quite well we still had so many questions that seemed to not be answered and was very difficult to get answers for. We just felt so lost. And I, I must have brought this up with you because you recommended um, and you chatted to Dr. Sebastian King for us and, and helped us organise the referral to him. And he 100% with confidence, confidence answered every one of my questions. And a lot of the questions were about Raven's future because every time we did ask about that, it was always kind of um, brushed aside and don't worry about it now, face that when she's toilet training, you know, that's when you're going to need to face the issues. And that leaves us in the unknown now. And like I said in the book, that's what creates fear and anxiety is the unknown. Um, So when we spoke, when I spoke to Dr. King, it was just like a big weight off my shoulders, like this huge sense of relief. He, he is, just so amazing and helped explain everything he actually um, informed us that raven didn't have the type of fistula they diagnosed her with it was um 
rectoperineal. So what that means for us is she actually, that has a better outlook. So she, in terms of continence and control, that type of fistula has more success and she will most likely experience constipation rather than control issues. If, you know, we didn't have that information beforehand. So to have that now is very reassuring. And, and like I said, helps us give us that, that brighter positive outlook for Raven. That's yeah. great. Cause I, I remember when I come up there and you and I were, and your dad were sitting, we were just sitting on the couch chatting and I could see that you had so many questions that were left unanswered. It was just, yeah. and it was really wearing you down a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I broke down in front of you. I do recall that um, getting quite upset. Um, I couldn't help it. I just, I think we're at our wits end, you know, like, and it's like you're a little angel sent from heaven. You just <laughs> made a few phone Definitely. calls and next minute we we're organising to speak with Dr. King and I was just, oh, it's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's right. I, unfortunately, because of IARM is such a specialised um, condition like them a lot of pediatric surgeons or whatever might only see one case in their whole lifetime that's exactly right yeah so and to it's it's nothing wrong with g getting the second opinion just to get some assurance or yes. and it's not a reflection on the doctor or the surgeon that you have it's just that because it's such a specialized area sometimes you just need to get you need answers because yes it helps anyway <laughs> And I know that after speaking to you, after you've spoken to Sebastian, how different I could hear in your voice how relieved you yeah. were. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Chloe, it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you. And especially for me, because I, there's this personal connection I have with you and Raven and Ben and for all yeah. you've done and all that. So I was so glad. I, I feel that we're the lucky ones that Raven got to meet you. Sorry. Oh no, no, no. I was I'm always the lucky one when I meet the little ones. It's just wonderful. So <laughs> thanks again, Chloe. And it's been wonderful having you part of uh, the rare and resilient one five thousand podcast. And it's so great to hear that Raven's thriving and doing so well and seeing her lovely smile face. So talk to you soon. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Not a problem, Chloe. Bye bye. Okay, bye.